Welcome to the Cool Collective Podcast, a place where we discuss the lifestyle of cars and all other cool things, and that includes delicious foods. So buckle up, slam those rides, and let's go. Thank you guys for tuning in on another episode of the Cool Collective Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, my buddy V, who also goes by Photography by V on Instagram, is joining us on a live Instagram chat. Today we'll be going over his journey as a graphic designer and photographer in the industry and basically all of the energies that come with being a creative. So stay tuned. We're about to get right into it. I want to introduce my buddy V, that is short for Viet, a automotive photographer in the game for some time. He is actually a very talented graphic designer, I think which probably in turn helped him to be a great photographer, but we'll get into that in just a moment. But V, thank you for uh, extending your time to uh, talk about uh, your journey, man. I'm really happy and excited to uh, get this going. Yeah, man. Pleasure to be here. Hell yeah. So... If you guys can, as you guys are following along, if you guys have questions and want to know things that I'm not covering, make sure you put those questions in the comment section. I'll scroll back up and try to find them um, later on in this recording. So part of the part of the reason why I wanted to get you on is I think it's so important to share the journey that artists go through, um, but more importantly, try to lead the next generation of artists and um, auto enthusiasts. You know, I think it's very, um, sometimes I think it's tough for certain generations to pass that down. And I feel like more and more um, with the internet, things have been more exposed, but also more like, you know, swept under the rug. And I feel like it's one of those things I think is part of our duty. You know, we've been in the game for a long time. And I think it's probably important for us to hand down a little bit of information that we learned along the way. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we can help guide the next, uh, the next generation. So uh, let's do a little bit of a background on your story. Are you, um, are you born and raised in SoCal or what's your, uh, what's your deal with that? Yeah. Born and raised in SoCal, uh, in the South Bay area. So like, uh, Hawthorne is where I grew up and like just grew up in like the beach city. So like Manhattan beach, Hermosa beach. Redondo Beach, that area. Nice. Were you were you active in the uh, the beach lifestyle? No, <laughs> I hate the water. <laughs> well, I don't even swim. I can't swim. So yeah, oh, the irony. Um, yeah. So growing up, what was what was that like? Did you? Uh, how old are you right now? I'm thirty eight. Okay. So um, as as you've been out here um, in in SoCal, born and raised. Um, were you active in the car scene or did you at some point, um, uh, like how, what, like what's your journey behind cars? Did you like fall in love with it because of an older brother or like magazines? What's the, what's the story behind that? Yeah. So it was in like high school. So like freshman year in high school was 96. Um, that's when like, kind of like the peak of like you know, like 90s car culture kind of happened in SoCal. So all my cousins and my cousin's friends, they had all like Hondas and souped up cars. So that's kind of what got me, got my foot in the door into like the car scene. And it kind of just grew from there. Nice. Okay. 
So growing up um, in high school, did you did you get anything sort of cool as your first car, or was it always like, was it just a no way, car? dude? <laughs> it was a beater. I had a beater, dude. Uh, I had a 1983 Toyota Cressida. Ooh, but that was handed handed down from my dad. But aren't aren't those uh, cars that people drift with nowadays? Yeah, they are. So it's like kind of ironic that like I had this beater car and then like I hated it back then. But now like, you know, like seeing them fixed up, like you kind of appreciate it for what it was. Right, right. I almost feel like it's kind of the same story with the Volvos, like the 240s and stuff. It's like the yeah. super ultra boxy car, but people are somehow turning them into race cars or something. Yeah. So in high school... um, so you had that obviously it sounded like you didn't like it very much um did you ever get anything remote remotely cool in high school no dude so i had that and then after that i had uh like a 2001 civic which was just like the you were one year short you're one year short of the em ones yeah, it was like the bastard child of <laughs> yes. uh, Honda Civics. <laughs> How did that? So, did, did somebody, did your parents buy that for you or something? Yeah, my parents let me buy it. They're like, oh, you don't so, like this one? This is the one we're getting you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I came in there like, hey, I want the Civic, I want the SI. And they're like, nah, we're going to get you this one instead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you got that. How long did you have that for? Uh, I had it for shoot probably till i had it for like eight years eight nine years mm, that's a long time yeah did, did you then, fix it up no nah, dude it was like automatic <laughs> like so it was a it commuter was car it was just yeah it was just a commuter car all function okay so yeah. um so after high school, oh, all right. So just kind of going back to high school, did you ever have any sort of, uh, you know, um, push towards the arts? Did you have any, um, like somebody pushing you, or did you have any interest in it? Yeah, I mean, as a kid, like I always, I always was into like art. Like I was drawing all the time, um, and then like in high school, like. I got introduced to like graffiti, so I was really into like graffiti. So I was always drawing, always in art, and then were you through, talking about buildings? Uh, I, I could have been, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. My... <laughs> so, so yeah, so you were, uh, so you went to that that whole side. So you were actually, you actually drew by hand. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's dope. And so. So did that lead you into like graphic design or? Yeah. So once I got into college, then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to like pursue like an art career. So one of my like childhood friends, he was like, oh, maybe you should look into graphic design or something because you can kind of come. All right. So while we wait for V, let me go. Find back. like your. Hold on. You broke up. You broke up. So uh, you said. Yeah, so you're back. Sorry. So you said that. Um, so let's go back to when you said that your friend was like, "Hey, maybe you should try graphic design." Yeah. So he was like, "You can use your art and like use it. Like, there's a big demand for graphic designers now. So maybe you can like parlay your your 
art skills into something that could be used today. So I pursued a graphic design career or degree in college. All right. And what school did you go to? I went to Cal State Northridge. Okay. Did they have a program for you there? Yeah, they did. So I tried to get into Long Beach, which was like a really pop, like it's a really good program there, but is really impacted. And I heard about Northridge uh, through a buddy of mine saying that a lot of the art center teachers, they also teach there. So it's like basically getting an art center education with a Cal State uh, budget. Yeah, I think so. that's um, that's always nice going that route. When I was at UC Irvine, <clears throat> a lot of our professors were um, you know, teaching at Irvine as a stepping stone to the art center. Or, um, and uh, we had a lot of professors that ended up doing big things after after the fact. But um, you know, I guess we were all the uh, the experiment. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's dope. So did you feel like college was? Um, I mean, did you right away start as a graphic design major, right when you started? Uh, no way, dude. I started off as uh like a engineering major. Nice. Which was like. Uh, pushed from my parents and like my uncles, like because all all my uncles on like my on my mother's side, they're all engineers. So they're like, oh yeah, you should be an engineer. Like it's good money, it's like stable. And I was like, okay, so I'll try it. But what they didn't know is like I suck at like math and like <laughs> science, like all that stuff. Like I suck at it. So I was like, I'm to I'm a total art. Are like a creative person so yeah and how how'd, yeah. Your, how'd your parents take that uh they're pretty cool with it like um like when i are you talking about like when i switched over to art yeah when you when you told them they switched to the arts well yeah like once i switched over or like i switched over to graphic design they're like i told them like hey like our family friend is doing graphic design and he does pretty well for himself so once they saw like him doing good for himself, like they're like, okay, like maybe it's like a viable uh, career for him, you know. So they're really cool with it. Okay, and um, and uh, in college, when you're doing the graphic design, did you uh, was there something that 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 you were focusing on? What what was drawing you to like graphic design during college? Uh, it was apparel. I was like getting into like streetwear at that time, so I wanted to just like use that to like create graphics and get into apparel design and stuff. So that was kind of like my main push. Okay, so you automatically you were you were into streetwear before you got into college or or in high school? No, it was like right when I started uh, college is when I started to get really into streetwear. Okay. And so right around that time, you were getting in streetwear, and then you ended up in graphic design and kind of started yeah. that whole journey. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And were you doing any photography at that time? No, I was doing, like, the most photography I was doing was, like, taking photos of my graffiti. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... So you go most of your career um, just doing graphic design, and after high, uh, after college, where where did you end up? Did, were you unemployed like a lot of college students are, or did you get into uh, a job right away? So I got into a warehouse job at LRG, 
Okay. You know, have you heard of that company? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so it was like I was doing warehouse at Lifted LRG, or it's also Lifted Research Group. So I was doing uh, warehouse for them for like a year, and then during that time, I had met uh, uh, the owners of the hundreds. These uh, guys Ben and Bobby, and I saw that they needed help with the graphic design. So I hit them up and they hired me. So that's how I got my foot into the door of uh, doing graphic design for like a clothing company. So how long, how long were you at LRG before you ended up at the hundreds? I was there for a year. So I was doing a commute from my area to Lake Forest for every day for, (laughs) for a year. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when you when you so you weren't doing any graphic design at LRG, right? You were just doing like the the warehouse stuff, you said. Yeah. So okay. I was trying to get into the I was trying to get into the design department there through the through the warehouse, but they never had any openings. So um, yeah, it just worked out that I I went I went to go work for the hundreds. Wow. Okay. So that's a that's a pretty nice upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> So when you it's when cool. you started that job, was it uh, did you feel stressed or did you was it an easy transition for you? No, it was pretty easy. Like um, I was already pretty familiar with all the programs, so I knew I knew exactly what I needed to do. So when you started off, whatever. did you were you were you just coming in with your own stuff? Did you was there an art director? Like what happened? What happened behind the scenes? Yeah. So most of the time. It was like, a, like, either Bobby would have an idea. Bobby was like the creative director, and then uh, there's another designer there, Benji. Uh, so we would all kind of just play off each other. Like, it was sorry, there's like sirens going off. Bro, they heard about your tagging, dude. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. I mean, we all kind of grew up with, like with similar backgrounds and like liking the same things. So, like most of the time, like I, if I had an idea, I could like throw it out, and if it was like relevant, then they'd be cool with it. Did uh, how many people were in the uh, the graphic design or the art department? Mm, at the time, I was like when I first started, it was four of us. Okay. So it was. Bobby, who is the creative director, and then Benji, and then me, and then there's another guy, uh, uh, David. Okay. And how long were you at the hundreds for? I was there from 2007 until 2014. Okay. So seven years, that's a long time. Yeah. So why'd you end up leaving? Oh, well, I got, I got let go. So... So through like it's funny, like I got let go and at the time it was like kinda like I was getting burnt out at the same time. So like towards the end of that, like that's when I started picking up the camera and like started doing photography. So okay. that's kinda what led me into doing photography full time. Oh, okay. So this is a this is um an interesting conversation. So uh, before we get into the photography part, you said you were doing the design stuff for seven years. Um, I'm kind of curious about the burnout part. Like, what 
what was it? Was it was it like the commute and you're doing were you doing too many things that were repetitive or did you feel like your creative energy was just getting slammed? I mean, what was some of the stuff that led up to you burning out? Uh, it was just like a lot. It was a lot. We were like when I was there, it was like the peak of the company. So they're just trying to pump out as much product as possible. So I had my hands in like so many, like I was in charge of two different departments. So I was doing headwear and I was doing accessories. So like running those two departments, just like with all like the, the amount of product that they wanted to make, like it was just so much like, like back to back, like, as soon as you finish one season, it was like, all right, let's just jump into the next season without like a break, you know? So yeah, yeah, I can imagine that going on. So did you ever, as the um, the demand for work rose, did you get more people helping you out, or was it always like the four or five people? Yeah. So for the for a good amount of the time that I was there, it was just me doing handling two departments. And it wasn't until probably the last, the last year or the last year, the last two years is when I actually had an assistant. Okay. And so you got to the point where you just felt like, I mean, so was it circumstantial when you got let go or was it, I mean, the economy was changing or just, you just weren't keeping up or. Yeah, it was, I think it was like a combination of like just everything, like, the company kind of was uh, going through changes. Um, they weren't doing as well. And they saw that I was getting burnt out. And they saw, like, I was trying to, like, do other things. So it was kind of like, I don't know. It was just, when I think back about it, like, it was, it was a blessing in disguise that I got let go. Because, like, I wasn't happy. They weren't happy. And it eventually led me to, like, photography, which opened up a bunch of other doors for me, too. Yeah, I think, well, I think the reason why I think this is really an important discussion is that um, I think lots of times people get into the groove of, you know, just grinding, you know, just pushing and pushing. And um, I think, like you said, like, in the corporate world, you were going from a season into the next almost immediately like there wasn't any breathing room and um and it's so interesting to see that i wonder if even like the hundreds or if any other small company is going to a bigger <clears throat> like you know to a larger scale um eventually would find ways to uh you know see that their employee employees are you know kind of just just need a break you know and so uh, yeah. and i do feel like recently that's kind of led to me burning out more and more like twice in the last four months in in a total of four years because i mean between what i do what you do what all these content creators do there's no um there's no break (laughs) yeah it's constant Um, yeah man seasons no seasons it's like everyone's so thirsty for more and more and more and uh it's like almost like the more i almost feel like the more you output like the less that you even receive, you know, in exchange, it's almost like, it's almost like a buffet, right? Like 
you know, you go and expecting to eat, but you're just really feeding yourself full of just low quality stuff and the energy for some reason, whatever the reason is like the more you give, like the less people may uh, love or respect it just because it's almost you know, is expected, I guess, you know, versus yeah. me slowing it down and um, just figuring out like the importance of doing it on my time. And, um, yeah. and so, yeah, I, I think that's really important, especially for anybody who's young and, um, um, you know, getting into their, their groove, whatever that is, you know, whether you're an engineer or a nurse or a photographer or graphic design, you know, I think there's, there's definitely a level of which you have to pace yourself. The cadence is, is, yeah. is super important because... Totally. In, the, in the beginning, especially in the beginning, you always want. You, I mean, especially when you're trying to prove yourself and trying to figure out like what you're made of. You know, you're you're just pushing at like 140 um, percent, and you might not let off for four or five years, maybe in your case seven years. But you know, when that happens, it's it's pretty catastrophic sometimes. But in your case, when you got let go. At first, like, was it, did it rock your world or was it, was there a sense of relief when it happened? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, when you're, especially when you're in like an environment where like everybody is like your friend and like you love the people that you work with, like it, it was definitely like a shock because like, I mean, the work itself like i didn't enjoy but the the people i really love you know like i still love like all those guys like ben and bobby like i still love them you know like they they provided me with this crazy opportunity to to do what i love you know so i i'm thankful for that and like i still talk to a lot of my old co-workers from the hundreds so that was definitely hard but at the same time like after that subsided like there was relief like i totally i was like well i'm kind of glad like i don't have to do this work that i'm not happy with anymore you know right right okay so so your time with the hundreds ended and after that time you said you kind of got into photography but did you get into another job before you got into photography no, no, dude. It yeah. was like straight. It was like a straight leap, like sink or swim. Okay. <laughs> like, just threw me into the deep end, and it was like either you sink or swim. Just so luckily, at that time, that's when I was picking up freelance work through my photography. So it was like kind of like the perfect storm, you know. Like I got let go, and then from that, like it just like pushed me to do freelance photography like even harder okay well there's got to be there's a link missing because you go from so were you doing any sort of photography while you were at hundreds or i was yeah okay. so let's talk about that a bit um something something must have happened did you get into photography because you felt like your graphic design needed um uh, photography or was it some other reason that you got into photography uh, it was just like, so like, uh, my uncles, they're, they're, uh, photography instructors. So they were like really heavy into photography and they started like, uh, showing me like cameras and stuff. So they introduced me to 
like SLRs. So through their suggestion that I I just picked up an SLR just to like document friends and family and uh, just doing that just just for fun, you know. What uh what year was that? Uh, I want to say that was like two thousand. Probably like a year before I started at the hundreds is when I picked up my first like SLRs, like two thousand six. Okay, so uh, two thousand six. I remember in two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven. I think more two thousand seven. I remember the price of gear was becoming a little bit cheaper. I remember there was a huge wave coming in two thousand seven. So you kind of picked up a picked it up a little bit before that point, and. <clears throat> What camera did you get, or did you someone give you? Like, what was that? Did you buy it, or? So my first camera was a Canon Rebel uh, XTI. Okay. So did you buy that? Or was yeah. it gifted to you? I bought it. Okay. So where where'd, where'd yeah. you buy that? Costco or something? Uh, I bought it on eBay. Oh, was it, it used? Was like, a, no, it was like a kit. It was like a brand new, brand okay. new kit. Yeah. So and was that? Did you ever use? um a camera before before you bought it not an slr uh or actually that's a lie i took a, a like an intro to photography class where they actually had like a film they they made you get like a film slr okay so i kind of had like a little familiar like familiar familiarity with the camera mm-hmm. but not much i still had to like do research and like read books on it sure and when your uncles um, saw that you got into it, like, what was their, what was that for, like for them? They're just cool. Like they, like I would take photos and then they would critique my photos and they'd say like, oh, like it's too bright. So you got to do this and like help you com- compensate for the light. And so they, they kind of like showed me a little bit of the ropes, but they pretty much let me learn, learn like everything on my own. Nice. Okay. Um, so in 2006, you pick up a Rebel, and then um, how long, um, what year did you leave the hundreds? 2014. Okay. Oh, so the, by the time you 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 um, left hundreds, you were already shooting for some time then. Yeah, I mean, I was shooting just like casually, but I wasn't shooting, so I was shooting automotive for probably like, a year like from 2013 uh is when i started shooting uh freelance for automotive okay so in that time um were you shooting anything specific or you were just kind of just just walking around with the camera basically no i was actually shooting like for clients like i was shooting for real companies i was shooting for private clients so i was I mean, at the time, I thought I was good, but, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, like when I look back at it, like, those garbage photos. <laughs> sure, sure. So, let's, um, you know, for anybody who's young right now, who's looking for opportunity in whatever they're, you know, seeking, how did you go from, you know, shooting within a couple of years to picking up uh, clients? Uh, man, I was... It was all just, like, word of mouth. I wasn't ever, like, actively pursuing uh, clients. I was just really just shooting just to, like, just sharpen my craft and just 
do it for fun like because i love i love cars and like i love being around cars so for me it was fun so i was just shooting just to like have fun and hey i got paid to do it that's great you know but this was this was pre this was pre social media days so like how did you like how would you get your work seen so it was i mean through word of mouth obviously so like i would shoot a friend's car and then my friend i would give the friend my friends the photos so my friends would show their friends and then their friends know uh people within the industry as well so that kind of just led me to working with uh, wheel companies through that sure okay <clears throat> so you did and there's that. also like there's also like Flickr, so like i had yeah. a Flickr, so people could go to my Flickr and like check out the photos that i would do yeah Definitely. So that was definitely the old school days. Maybe forums was kind of you know roaming around. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. So you did that, and then uh, you left uh, hundreds, and then you started freelancing after the hundreds. Yep. Okay. Um, Yeah. Was that? I mean, so the transition from going from regular pay to freelancing is is a pretty big jump. Did you, yeah. what, what was your journey like that first year that you were on your own? It was crazy, man. So like not, not having that steady paycheck was, was huge. Like I was like, you can ask my wife, like I was working all the time. Like people <laughs> think that like freelance is like fun and like you get to make your own schedule and like all that and your own, you're your own boss. But it is freaking hard, dude. Like, you got to work twice as hard. You got to, like, not only do you have to, like, work your butt off, you have to, when it comes to getting that check, you got to collect the check, which sucks. I hate asking for money. <laughs> and, like, man, you're just, like, working so hard, like, all the time. And, and you're never off. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, I think it's very important to reiterate the fact that um for a lot of young people especially with social media you know it's always like these uh ceos talking and you know these young kids have this strange concept of being your own boss and how dope it is and how they're gonna have lambos and all those things and you know you may i mean you know no doubt but for the most majority of people it's not going to be like that you're definitely going to be struggling you're going to be working two or three times harder than you would at your job um and you know not only do you have to be talented you have to be multi-talented <laughs> and you have to yeah. be good at all sorts of things that you don't want to be good at like accounting collections um business just emails conversation i mean yeah the list goes on and on and so yeah you know i think for anybody who's young listening it's um you know the idea that the ideal that you can take a dope photo and just be you know just having millions of dollars come into your pocket is kind of a fantasy for the most part and i mean i'm pretty sure there are people who do that but i'm pretty sure they're very far and few in between so um so yeah you kind of have to come in with that reality knowing that um there is like any business owner there's a segment of you really having to operate a business it's a real legitimate thing it's not something yeah. that um is fun but it's that's how you stay alive um all part of that marketing and uh business relations and 
yeah um, you know scheduling just everything there's like every yeah. little thing that <laughs> it's so funny because when it comes to doing the actual work we all love that you know it's almost like i saw <clears throat> rod I, I heard um rodman dennis rodman say in the um the chicago bulls documentary he said that he goes man i i fucking love basketball man i i would play basketball for free you know i get paid to deal with all of the bullshit after the game all of the press you know the tabloids yeah. all of that stuff he goes that's why i get paid and yeah. it's so interesting you know you and i you know you know we love to shoot because I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, we've been doing it for so long. Maybe <laughs> under the right circumstances, right car. Yeah, you yeah. Know, we, we would love to do stuff like that. But, you know, just even getting to the point where cars are, you know, scheduled, owners are there, you're there, uh, maybe location or whatever the case is, there's a lot of variables that make something come together. And it is, um, it is extremely <laughs> difficult without yeah. a doubt yeah so i mean I th- difficult is like an understatement man <laughs> absolutely i think it's um i think that's why it's it's so um that's why i i mean i don't want to be the bearer of bad news for the for the young but you know it's just just i always say is just come in with the perspective that um whatever you think it's probably gonna be two or three times harder so just just be mentally ready for that you know and um yeah you never know when things are going to pop off so sometimes you might need to have a part-time job you might need to yeah do something that allows for you to you know be active until things pop off and it might not be yeah. for a long time you might not develop yeah. skills and, and here's the funny thing it's it's not even being the dopest photographer or the dopest graphic designer is finding the right opportunity where somebody believes in 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 your skill set you know, and that applies to their business. And so yeah. that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And so, but once again, if, you, if you're not putting yourself out there, nowadays with social media, it's a lot easier than when we were, you know, growing up because <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't readily available to people's eyes, you know, like multiple times a day. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you go and start doing that. You start shooting some car stuff here and there. When do you feel like you started to – did you ever get a normal job after the hundreds or – a normal uh, meaning like, I you mean, know, a nine-to-five, you would show up and – I mean, I guess you would say the job that I have now is a nor- normal job. Okay. I mean, well, before you get into that, the- did you, what, what year did you get into that? Was that just a few years ago? Yeah, I got back into it in 2018. So okay. from 2000, oh no, 2019. So from 2014 to 2019, it was uh, all freelance. Okay, so you were doing photography freelance. Was it graphic design yeah. and photography? Uh, it was probably 90% photography and then like a little bit of graphic design. Okay, there. so I have to ask, did you shoot weddings? No, never. I, wow. I don't shoot people. I don't shoot people. Wow. So you went you went that long. Was that five years or so? Yeah. You went five years and you didn't shoot one wedding. That's amazing. No. I did all all automotive and still photography. So like anybody who needed product photography, I would do product photography for them. Or like it was all automotive. Wow. Yeah. 
my hat's off to you, man. That's 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 tough. <laughs> it's it, I mean, it's part of the reason why I'm back to like a a normal job again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's uh it's tough enough even if you have to, like for example i mean weddings is 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 a common answer just because circumstantially you know people people need to pay you know to shoot a yeah. special day so um and um it's um it's actually funny we got to hear mexican carrera is like one of my old customers at my my camera shop uh him and his wife and what's up bro um it's yeah uh, i know i know i know robert <laughs> Rob is is floating around with the nine nine one still, I think. But um, uh, it's it's cool to see. It's uh, it's still cool to see that transition for a lot of people. You know, in order for them to have been, you know, sustaining whether you're doing portrait work or um, um, you know, weddings. It it's it's a real thing. A lot of people are grinding it out. You know, I shot weddings right out of college. You know, before from two thousand three to two thousand seven and uh you know it took me four years to burn out of it you know it was it was a lot of work dealing with brides <laughs> yeah yeah so um it's cool man it's cool to see that you were able to um to hack it out for that long did you feel like um so you said you're married what what year did you get married i got married in 2014 oh wow okay yeah so wait so you went years. from you went from working to getting married and then getting getting laid off no i went from working to getting laid off and then getting married <laughs> <laughs> was it on the same year uh yeah oh man so that that was interesting so did you was your wife working or like how what was that story yeah she was working okay so, so she was kind of like cool. yeah. she was kind of like babe i want you to find yourself I'll hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> what was she like? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was really supportive. Like, like she's she's just amazing. Like, she was cool with like everything. Like, she saw that I was making money, so she was really supportive of that. She knows that I'm into cars and like I love photography, like cars and photography. So she was really supportive that like I do this. So, man, that's cool. awesome. So thanks yeah. to the wifey for holding it down. <clears throat> All right, and so you did that for a certain amount of time. In that time, you, um, when do you feel like you got your 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 first your big break? Like when when you when you're shooting after that point? Like when did that happen? I mean, I still feel like I I still haven't got my big break. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, let's say let's say up to this point. I mean, um, well, let's use the term big break a little loosely but like when did you feel like at some point you were starting to get recognized for your work um probably uh when i won the the first shutter space contest was that was uh 2016 i don't even remember what year that was maybe maybe it was 2016 yeah i'll look it up what, did you win the second one, the second year? No, I won the first one, okay. the very first one, um, which was this is a funny story for that one too. Like I didn't even know I was entered into that contest. My so my buddy Dominic with that uh, with the Hakatora the truck. Uh -huh. So I took a I I did a photo shoot of his truck, and then he knew he knew about the contest, so he submitted the my photo of the truck into the contest for me <laughs> okay 
so then like i i had no idea that this contest was even going on and then like he just texted me he's like hey uh you know your photo won first place in this in the toyo contest like what do you want to do (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) yeah so that was uh what was the theme for that one I, I don't think there was a theme. So there was no was theme. Just, it was just like, submit your best photo. And then yeah, he submit was your best like, photo of like a car on Toyos. That was it. And so, okay. So they said, and so your buddy Dom submitted your photo without you knowing. And then you won. And yeah. he told you. And you, well, I mean, it was the first of his kind. So, I mean, what did you say when that happened? Was there, was there a, um, a gallery that year? Yeah. Yeah. There's a gallery. So, so after I got told that I won, uh, like they put me in contact with like Toyo and they set up like they were like, oh, we're gonna do the gallery this day. So uh, if you want to show up, it'd be great. Like you can meet Dan and like uh, through that, that's when I met uh, Sam at Super Street. Okay. So uh, was Sam one of the judges, or he just happened to be there? Oh, it was a it was a collab, wasn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if he was one of the judges, but I know that uh, if you won, because I won first place, like, it, my photo would be printed in one of the issues. Yeah. All right, so that happened. You met uh, you met Sam. Did you meet anybody of else of importance that day? Uh, yeah, uh, Stan. I met Stan. Who's Stan again? No, I was playing. <laughs> so you met Stan, and then you've uh, di- and you start to you know build a relationship with Stan and yep. and uh, yeah. Sam. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So did you? Um, so what was that like in in the first year that uh, you won? Did you start getting into other uh, photo shoots right away with uh, you know with Super Street or with Toyo or? Yeah. So right after, right after I met uh, after the 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 event. Um, probably like a couple weeks after that, uh, Sam reached out to me saying that he wanted me to shoot, uh, uh, I don't know if you know Julia, but she has like, uh, an S14, uh, that's like all like super done up. So it's like, Oh, we have this, uh, car want you to shoot it. So I met up, I met up with them and shot the car and it was funny because my first shoot with Super Street ended up being my very first cover for anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me look that up while you're talking about that real quick. Um, what year was it? Do you remember? Uh, Tarfee by V. You said S4. 2000, 2016. Okay. So, yeah. It was... Uh, just look up... Uh, you said Julia? Okay. Yeah, Julia. It's a white white S fourteen. Okay. On like mag blue, mag against, against against some graffiti. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a different one. It's, no, it's a uh, it's over by like in Long Beach. Okay, oh, I was gonna say that didn't really look like it worked, but um... there's like a night shoot. Okay. I mean, there's two. There's two. There's two. It was like there's like date. Like day photos, like natural light, uh-huh. and then there is a night shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah, I found it. Here we go. So, what was that like? Um, did you, in 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 the essence of you shooting this, was Sam doing the art direction, or he was just like, "Hey, here's the owner, 
just take some dope photos and get back to me. What was that like? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, that's pretty much how all the shoots went for Super Street. Like, they kind of trusted... I mean, I think they just trust all their photographers for the most part. There's, like, a little bit of art direction. Like, oh, we would need, like, these kinds of shots. But for the most part, like, they, they let the photographer be creative. Okay. So you did that, and then uh, you busted a cover, and then did you start rolling out more shoots right away, or was it something that you were doing every couple months, or? Yeah, it was probably, like, every couple months, Sam would reach out to me and say, like, oh, we got, like, a couple cars that we need to shoot, so let's do that. And then, so I'd have Super Street every couple months, but then also, like, in between then, I was shooting for wheel companies, like, pretty pretty often and then shooting for private clients as well okay um and so you did that for a of uh, a handful of years four or five years yeah and then did did at any point um you decided to change routes was it mainly because um things just were getting difficult financially or you were just getting bored or you just needed a change up or you missed graphic design like, how did you end up making the shift again? Um, It was, like, a combination of a lot of things. So, number one, it was financially difficult because just, like, the whole automotive photography scene, it, nobody really found value in photography anymore. A lot of these up-and-coming kids would shoot for free or basically basically for free so they would take the work um because all these companies didn't find value in like paying you know yeah five hundred dollars for photo shoots you know so like why would i pay you this much for when i could pay like this kid like a hundred bucks for photos i'm just gonna put up on instagram you know yeah yeah did you then there's that did you start seeing a shift at a certain point was it like you know i mean right when you started I don't know if maybe you were at the tail end of that, um, but did you start seeing it a few years later or then when things were starting to get a little bit more difficult? So when I first jumped into photography in 2014, just doing all automotive, like I was doing really good. Like I, I had actually made more money doing that than my actual design job. So I was doing good and like it was climbing up like for the next i was doing good for the next like two three years and then all of a sudden like i just saw like a like a sharp decrease or decline in like work so like probably on in 2018 that's when i was like all right i need to like start changing it up like see what i can do and it was a combination of a decline in work and also i mean i was also burnt out um i hated like shooting cars just for a paycheck like who wants to like shoot a car that you don't want to shoot just for like a paycheck you know like it's just like oh we got this car that's on these wheels it's uh Jetta on wheels, you know. <laughs> you're like, I don't no offense to any Jetta that. owners, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. no offense, but like, I don't 
yeah that's not I your scene find, so like yeah so you you were starting to get gigs that, that you didn't feel passionate about which i understand i mean there are times where i've shot something where i just didn't feel connected to it and it's it's like what am i supposed to do with this you know yeah yeah so you were feeling yeah. that more and more and then you were getting burnt out um yeah okay so there's the yeah there's that and then like dealing like chasing chasing checks like i hated that like dealing with difficult clients like oh like oh i do shoot for them and like they'd be difficult with the photos like oh like can you change this can you change that and like uh, it was just like frustration with that um dealing with trying to deal with other people's schedules too like i mean it was that and also i don't know like just working so hard doing photography for that long like you get burnt out doing the same thing over and over again and for me like i i learned that i need different avenues to be creative to be happy like i can't just do one thing you know like i have to i like like right now like i do design work and i love my design work but also i need photography to kind of like bring a little bit of different elements of creativity into my life yeah absolutely so it's uh it's so interesting because the this idea of the burnout is so interesting and i think that lots of times people have conversations about you know you know and i always said this before but when you know that uh that really cliche line where it's like, oh, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm like, bro, what the F are you talking about, man? Like, that's so far from the truth. And I feel yeah. like, you know, if if you love something, you end up even doing more work. You know, it's like, you know, I, I've only done the stuff that I've loved since college. And I always feel like I'm carrying three workloads, you know, and it's like, man, and and I've done all sorts of stuff, you know, all sorts of campaigns and stuff, especially when I was with Getty and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, you're, 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 at, you're at a point where you're like, it's it doesn't matter what it is, man. It could be eating, like, I love eating ice cream, but shit, dude, if I was eating ice cream for every meal, yeah, you know, you're going to get tired of it, man. I think that's, that's yeah. really the biggest thing that people really have to understand is that, you know, sometimes people want to negotiate your rates because they're like, oh, but, but you love this. And I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Because I love this? Like, what? You know, and and so, you know, that conversation of of finding ways to, you know, reinvent the reason why you do something, you know, and trying to progress and uh, push your art, you know, and and, uh, those things don't happen naturally. Almost sometimes people are like, oh, you know, you guys are, you know, you guys are talented or gifted. It, it, it's no problem, right? You guys, it just, it must just come from you, you know, because you guys are just so dope or, or whatever. And that's really not the case. Lots of times, yeah. you know, we go through like, I mean, shit, dude, I've been shooting this way for the last two years, three years, five years. What am I doing? Am I learning something new? Do I suck? Yeah. Uh, you know, or maybe I was good at one point. Now I suck balls. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Even with yeah. even with your portfolio or anybody else's, you know, like I know Darian wasn't here making cracking jokes earlier, but you know, anybody who's uh who's got any sort of talent, you know, that talent runs so far 
and there's a time when you're you're gonna feel like, man, I don't am I am I doing enough to push the envelope of my creative ability, right? I mean, it's just all yeah. sorts of stuff. Style style dies out. So you yeah. know, you know, there's there's a lot of elements to that. And so um and it's funny enough, you know, you might look back at your old work and go, Man, that stuff looks super dated, but not I mean at the time it it wasn't, you know, it's just it's just one of yeah. those conversations. So Yeah, totally. <clears throat> all right, so you get to that point where you start burning out, but you're shooting cars, and um, but uh, you end up looking for work. And where do you end up? Uh, it was uh, okay. Actually, so before I started at uh, where I work now, uh, I was actually doing like a part-time gig doing design work for a production company. So uh, it was like we were doing production art for bands. So we'd create like uh, like window like window displays and posters and stuff like that for bands. So I was doing that. Wait, Vans uh, to shoe company? Yeah, Vans okay. to shoe company. Okay, I was thinking like, so, you know, just a van, but okay. No. Yeah. Yeah, so I was doing that like, I was doing that like, probably two two days a week and then and that was like a year before i started working at where i'm working now okay so you start doing that and then you're still kind of shooting photography on the on the side or part-time yeah yeah okay and then at, at some point you decide did you start just realizing that you need to do it more full-time or how how, how does that lead up to that yeah so i definitely not being a part of or not doing like design full time and like doing like the the work that I was doing at the hundreds like it made me realize like hey like I really miss doing this type of work and I was actually really good at it when I was doing it so if I don't do this or if I don't keep keep doing this like it's just like a wasted skill that I don't have on my resume anymore. Like I need to keep up with it. So if I do need something to fall back on, I have like a consistent, consistent work with like within this industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then at, and at that point you start to look for, for full-time work then. Yeah. Or does something just drop in your lap? Someone like, no, no, no. So I, because like I noticed that like I wasn't making as much money as I was doing photography. That's when I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm married. I gotta, I gotta support, help support my wife, my family. So I need to start looking for a job again. So that's when I started looking for a job. And then I saw a job posting for Hoonigan. So where did you see that job posting? I saw it on Malachi. So okay. Malachi is like a job. It's like a job listing site for anybody that's looking for a job that's in like action sports, like uh, streetwear, things like that. So like places like Billabong, Vans, uh, North Face, like companies like that um, are on Malachi. How do you spell that? Uh, Malachi is M A L 
A K Y E. Okay, so there you guys go. There's a big, big tip for you if you're looking for There's any a plug. type of action type jobs. That, you know where to unpaid, go. Unpaid, unpaid plug for Malachi.com. <laughs> <laughs> Send your sponsorship money here. So okay, so you started looking and you saw something for Hoonigans and you're like, Bing! These guys do car yeah. stuff. Uh, need and were they looking for a graphic designer? Is that what the job had referred to? Yeah, so they're looking for a designer for their product. Okay, so that pretty much that's me. So, uh, I knew uh, somebody at Hoonigan, which is my buddy Jafel. Um, at the time, Jafel was working at Hoonigan, so I hit up Jafel and was like, "Hey, like." I saw this job posting, like, can you shoot my resume and portfolio over to the art director? So through Jafel, like, I got my foot in the door and got an interview. And that's uh, Jafel from uh, the automotive industry as well? Yeah, so Jafel, when I first met Jafel, he was working at Super Street. Okay. So that's how I that's how I connected with Jafel, was through Super Street. All right, guys, if you guys are listening here, you can see how your past network leads into potentially your future network. And that's yeah. really amazing to hear that because, um, you know, with V staying within the automotive community, you guys just saw, I mean, it's funny too, because you wouldn't, I don't know if you would ever make a connection that super street people would end up at a, like a Hoonigan type thing, because I mean, they're similar, but very different, you know, at the same time. Uh, yeah. but you had, now you have, you know, two people within that realm, there but when you ended up getting a foot in the door did you did you find that that was difficult to do or like uh foot in the door to to, what? to to finally getting the job i mean did you have to do multiple interviews did you have to like you know did they make you do like a design on the oh, yeah. fly or what was that like no, I, had, I had three interviews with them okay so yeah it was like i mean they're very much similar to like a streetwear brand where it's small. It's kind of like a family. So they want to make sure the personalities mesh, you know? So they have to make sure that I was the right personality that fit the team. Okay. So, um, so that happens. And then did you, did you feel like things were going your way or, and did you know how many people they interviewed? Uh, yeah, I think they interviewed like five other people, and then in the end, it was between me and two other people, I think. Okay. But the other, but the other two people, I don't think they were car people. So because I was like a car guy, yeah, and yeah, that's kind of, I think that's what kind of got me to get the job. I mean, Super Street and Hundreds, it's a pretty good resume, you know, for something <laughs> leading into what you're in now. So um, so that's super, super dope. Did you feel like um, um, when, once you got into that space that you felt like things were natural or were they, you know, something that you had to build up into to make it what it is today? Uh, I mean, it was pretty natural feeling like obviously there's like rust so i had to like knock off the rust and just kind of like rework the just like start exercising those those muscles that i haven't worked in a long time you know yeah did they did they know that that you you've been kind of out of for a little bit 
Uh, I mean, they knew that I was still doing design because I told them that I was doing, I had a, a production design job. So I was still doing design, but I wasn't doing apparel design. But I mean, once I got back into it, I was, I was in the groove of things pretty quick. And then how would you, how would you describe that energy or that environment from the hundreds? I mean, how many years have you been at the Hoonigans now? I was, I've been there since 2019. So two, two years. Okay. And how yeah. do you feel like you're managing your, your creative energy and, you know, trying to prevent any type of burnout, you know, versus the time that you were at the hundreds? Oh, well, I mean, so when I was at the hundreds, like I was young, I, that was like, I just put all my energy into it. I didn't really care about like, you know, my own personal life. I was like really devoted to the job. But then at Hoonigan, like when I got hired, like, yes, I still, I still love the job, but I make a clear distinction like okay this is work like i need to separate this from my life too like i need to make sure that i have like a life outside of this yeah and um that's the kind of attitude that i had going into it so it's though i still have a lot of work that i do like it's still very uh i'm still very disciplined in like keeping work work and my life like separate okay um and do you feel like the the pressures are much different i mean maybe the timelines or do, is there still seasonal stuff that you still have to deal with oh yeah definitely like we have like last minute projects that we do all the time and i mean yeah it sucks but i mean it's just i'm just thankful yeah yeah it's Part of the job i'm thankful that i have a job so i that's how i see it do you feel like the the um do you feel like all of the uh experience that you learned over the last 10 plus years has helped you manage the stress and the deadlines better mm, yeah definitely okay um and then and in terms of today like do you feel like the the work that you're doing now allows you to still be very creative in the office space or is there a lot of people that tell you okay your design is like only 60 percent good good enough and you need to do something a little bit more or what's the story with behind that um in terms of like no design or, or direction um i mean there's like always art there's art direction but we can still be pretty creative, like individually. Yeah. So like I'm at a point where the guys can trust, trust me with uh, my ideas, but I mean, I'm pretty humble when it comes to like taking critiques. So if they, if any of the other guys like want to say something about like, Oh, like I don't like certain things about this design or like, you know, like, I don't take it personally. It's all work. And right. at, the, at the end of the day, like, if you don't like it, if you don't think it works, like, I trust you. Like, you're you're my team member, and, like, I trust you on that. Sure. Okay. So 
that environment of, of of like I guess maybe coming back. Sometimes you do something for so long and then you take a break and then you come back and you feel a little bit more recharged. Is that how you feel right now? Like you feel like it, this is kind of your happy place. Like you found a good yes, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like because I can do my design work and I. I'm good at what I do with my design work and I can get most of my work done in the amount of time that they give me each day. So I'm okay with that. And then also through photography, like I can pick and choose what photo shoots that I want to do now. So like, I'm not going to do a photo shoot of just a for a paycheck now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's gotta be something that interests me or, or I'm, I got to do it for somebody that I have general interest in or care about, you know? Sure. Sure. So now, yeah, now the drive and purpose is different. You know, it's not just a shoot to survive. It's actually yeah. shoot to, um, for, for, um, for your creative, creative. Yeah. Yeah. For your creative yeah. energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, recently you, um, uh, recently you shot the uh, poster um, for for Pit and Paddock, which is the new Front Street um, poster, and yep. uh, I had the pleasure of printing those. And when I first saw the the image, um, uh, I was blown away. You know, like you always have really great work, but just just the way you captivated uh, Johnny's RX7, his FD, was really really special. Uh, when you guys went into that, was did you guys have a direction when um, when you guys were trying to create that image, or what happened with that? Yeah, I mean, I was I knew what Johnny's car was capable of doing. Give so, <laughs> yeah, pretty much that, and like almost destroying cameras and <laughs> buildings. <laughs> so. Yeah, I knew that he could do the, the two-step. I knew it was capable of shooting planes, so that was kind of the, the concept, is to capture exactly, like, just shooting planes. Yeah. Um, and then you wanted to do it in, like, a studio environment, pretty much, like a warehouse? You wanted to keep it really simple and clean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to do it somewhere we wouldn't get bothered. So... Like what time? What, time, what that, time of night was that at? I mean, we started at I think it was at like five o'clock. So it was after after hours. After most people like might have gone his, home. Yeah, after like so I don't know if you've ever been to Johnny's like his oh, uh, garage yet, but yeah, uh, most of the complex that he's in they close up shop around five. So. Yeah, we just waited for most of the people to leave. I wonder if some guy was off. probably. <laughs> I wonder if some guy was like working in the office by himself, and he was probably like, "What? What the hell is that noise?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that was loud as f, dude. I'm pretty sure. Like, dude, it was video. crazy. <laughs> and you showed it me that video crazy. of the. Was it the door that was jangling or something? Yeah. So the door was like closed, and when he was doing the two steps, it was like shaking the door. <laughs> Not only that, like, the ceiling, the ceiling, like, the dust from the ceiling was, like, <laughs> coming down when he was doing it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Yeah. How, how long were you shooting for? 
Um, we were probably shooting for like two, two and a half hours. Oh my god! And you, yeah. were, you guys were two stepping that long? I mean, like on and off for two? No, no, no. It was, I mean, it like when he two step, it was like only a couple seconds, you know. So yeah, yeah. It wasn't like constant, and he only did it. I mean, he did it more than he wanted to, but he only did it for three shots. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was uh, such an incredible shot, man. Like everything about it was so perfect. I think in 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 the most minimal sense, like it it just had everything that needed to be there and nothing that didn't, you know. And uh, yeah, it was just really really dope, man. So I have thank to you on that, man. It was super super. Thank you. Fire, and so now, um, in the future, as you start to look forward, like what are some of the things that that interest you, and what kind of cars, like, are you wanting to shoot? Like, what's 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 the outlook look for you in the next few years? I mean, I just want to shoot stuff that that's fun, like anything, anything that's fun. Like, I want to work with people that I genuinely care about, like and genuinely care about me um, and respect my work. Like, I don't want to work with anybody who's, like, going to give me a hard time. Um, yeah, I just want to have fun with it. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure at, at the Hoonigans, you guys, you have a list of crazy cars that do crazy shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I'm should... actually... Go ahead. You I'm actually what? gonna. Uh, I'm actually gonna shoot one of their cars coming up, but nice. I can't say which car. <laughs> it was actually interesting when I was at Fuel Fest when I saw the the Hoonigan Camaro um, blasting off black diesel smoke with the white tire smoke. Um, I've never seen anything even remotely like that before. That was like just insane. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's ridiculous. It's monster, so crazy. Super monster. Do you guys do you see just a lot of builds at the Hoonigans just just like that? Is that is that like a typical build? Or just like no, that's that's not a typical build. Yeah. Like that's like a crazy build. But we they do do like some pretty cool builds. Like uh, they like also at Fuel Fest they did the the Lightning, which is the uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was like the the red. They call it the faux lightning because it was like a the like the Ford the truck the Ford truck lightning yeah yeah the Ford lightning uh-huh. from Fast and Furious yeah but they did it uh, with the two JZ swap was it done with like, the T thirty sevens on it yeah it had some mag blue TEs on it okay yeah I so, saw the truck but I didn't see an action yeah I I think it I mean I, it's running but they didn't they didn't do any like burnouts or anything with it yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen a off-road tr- off-road Bronco. I think th- that was there. I never seen anything with massive tires do burnouts until they exploded, and then not just explode, but then shred the f- you know the sidewalls off the rim. <laughs> yeah, dude, that thing is crazy. It's like terrifying being around that thing. Even like behind K rails, like seeing that thing, like just like go crazy like i get scared like because it could jump the k-rail any at any moment you know yeah yeah no it's uh no that was nuts for sure um let me see what else we got for you um what kind of cars are you into i know we're, you're not into jettas 
<laughs> I mean, I I love I love all cards, dude. Like Jettas included. Like I love Jettas <laughs> too. Like as long as they're done correctly, sure. like as long as the card is done correctly, I have respect for it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, personally, like my personal preference in cars is anything Japanese really. So, so Honda, Toyota, Nissan. What's what's your ultimate Japanese car? Um yeah, that's I don't know, man. There's like so many. Like, <laughs> like if I could have a garage, I would have one of every make. You know. Yeah. Um, so like Honda, I'd probably have like an NSX. Toyota, I'd probably have. I, don't know, I think Toyota, I'd probably have an '86 or something. Have you have you driven an an '86? Yeah, I have. What What was that like? It was fun. <laughs> what what was, was fun, what kind of motor was in that one? It was uh the four is like a four A I don't know the engine code, I think it's like a four what is it? Four A G E. Where are you at, Alan? Post up. Yeah. Is the four A G E, yeah. And um I've never driven one. Uh, I know that I've I've been around them enough where I'm like, dude, they look super. They actually look super fun to drive. I'm pretty sure they yeah. are, but um, yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure they've gotten very expensive lately. I, you know, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. A nice one. What are they going for? Like forty grand or something. I don't know about that much. I mean, I think for like clean examples, they're probably like up upwards to like twenty to thirty. Okay. I mean, it's still pretty yeah. pricey for something that was probably just under ten or maybe even seven at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that car looks really, really fun, and and just being super lightweight, man, I would I would love to yeah. drive one one day. But I don't want to yeah, drive dude. like you know someone like Alan's car because it's just you nah. know, it's just too clean. You know, I want I want to drive yeah. it as a little beat. Um, yeah, that's yeah. another thing about being like an automotive photographer. Like everybody's like, "Dang, you must drive like the nicest cars, like the coolest cars, like." When uh, in fact, like I hate driving other people's cars. Like yeah. it's such a reli like not uh it's like a reliability reliability liability li liability issue. Yeah. yeah, I mean you don't want to be the guy that effed up someone's car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like even though I have insurance, like I don't want to mess up somebody's car. Yeah, I mean you know you're you're not just messing up. A Corolla, you're messing up someone's Corolla that you know blood, sweat, and tears went into, you know. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it's one of those things where it's a matter of you know, so people it's a matter of um, um, of destroying time, you know, like money is one thing, but you you, you destroy it. And nowadays, like, apparently, every single part is ultra rare and you can't find no more. So, even if you were to get them the money. They wanted the same car again. It would still take forever because you would have to find one of like you know three hundred one hundred one of like two hundred parts that you can't find anymore, right? Nobody's selling. Yeah. It. Like if you need yeah, a special exactly. Mugen exhaust and nobody, I know a couple of instances where somebody paid crazy money for them because they're just not available. So yeah, supply and demand, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's always one of those things where you know it, and that's why I always, it's always nice to be around older cars that are just beat because now you can just 
not give an F. You can just drive it like a stolen, you know. Yeah. Um all right, so um let me see. Let me go back to some of the questions on here. Um dun dun dun. I saw a question about like doing free shoots. Yeah. So what 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 did that say? Um Do we do free shoots to get work in our portfolio? Okay. Yeah, or cool. let's talk about that. So what, what what do you have to say about that? Well, do you do free shoots? Do I do free shoots? Yeah. Um you know, for me I'm I'm in a I'm in a weird state of of being like I I'm in a place where I can sell my art, right? That's partly how I stay alive right now. I sell I sell prints, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but um do I do I do free work? I mean I would I would say yes per se because then I can still make it up on the back end. Um yeah. but but if I see a special car that I see that has value um that I know I can try to make something out of then yeah then I w- I will shoot it because I know that I can produce um some income from it on the back end. Um but not like a free shoot where I'm just like oh man can I shoot your whatever you know your your special car and then just post it on the gram and just that's it you know it's not i wouldn't i wouldn't shoot it for that purpose um but um yeah but i think if if you're starting off um you should be shooting as much as you can um whether you suck or not you should be um just shooting whether and i I remember one time i met a guy he was just like man i don't you know where i live there's not a lot of dope cars and i said well i'll shoot your mom's car then i mean whatever the hell she drives like if it's a Maxima or a Sentra or whatever the hell it is, just shoot that. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these techniques yeah. doesn't come from shooting dope cars. You know, that's kind of an end product. Yep. You know, just shoot, you know, lighting, you know, focal length, um, um, you know, focus, uh, editing. You know, all of those things play a bigger role than the car you shoot. So if you can make, um, you know, an average car look dope, then by the time you get access to a dope car... You know, you'll be able to shoot that car, you know, in a much better, um, you know, with a much better skill set. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to this where, you know, now with the Internet, it's almost like anything and everything is possible. Right. And it's like sometimes you see yourself doing stuff that you normally would never do in the past. Um, For me, it's I'm not sure where any of you know what i'm doing where all of it's leading to it's 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 like me finding ways to be self-sustained but also looking for um enough sponsorships or an endorsement or something that allows me to be a little bit more free in the stuff that i do um and it's not easy because even if i do get something you know the question is how far is the next one gonna be right and so you know, yep. my, my main focus is always do as much as I can uh, with what I got. And then when anything else comes, it'll be a little bit of a cherry on the top. So, yeah. uh, but as you know, you know, being on your own, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of weight that comes with that. You know, I'm constantly feeling like I'm not, it's like I'm doing a hundred things, but then I feel like I'm doing nothing and then everything at the same time. And then also there are times where you feel overwhelmed and you just don't want to do anything. So yep. yeah, it, it's a complete, it's a shit show. 
<laughs> it's a shit show <laughs> all the time, as you know. Yeah, man. So, I mean, there are times where I've thought about maybe just, you know, finding work just so I can do that and then I can do what I love to do just on, on the side. But, you know, yeah. I'm still, I still have a little bit of life in me. You know, we'll see where it goes. But, you know, I, I think, um, I think, you know, my time's up soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's totally. see. Let's see I mean, what. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna circle back on like the shoot, me shooting for free. Yeah. I mean, I I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, uh, yeah. I do. I of course I do some free shoots. Like, uh, if I see some kind of payout in the end, like if it's like something that I want in my portfolio, definitely I will consider it. But if I can get paid for it before i do it for free then yes i would definitely uh prefer the paid the paid route um or if it's like something that is something for like a loved one someone like i care about like my brother or like my brother-in-law has like a car that he wants to photograph yeah i'll shoot of course i'm gonna shoot his car for free you know so yeah, like and, and there's like it's circumstantial, you know? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the benefit is, is um, I think free is kind of a loose word, but, you know, if you shoot something that has um, just potential for you to showcase your skill set, you know, and there's still some value in that, you know, as opposed to yeah. doing something totally. for absolutely for free and then just nothing comes of it, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things that you have to, um, you know, um, you know, figure out. But... I got a question here. This is from Signature Camaro. Do you have a noteworthy photography mentor or was it all your passion leading into your new techniques? Uh, I didn't like, I wouldn't say that I had like a single mentor. I would say that it was a collective of a lot of friends and family that kind of uh mentored me um and a lot of youtube <laughs> a lot of youtube a lot of digging on forums and just doing the doing the homework like that's like the problem that a lot of kids these days don't do is like they don't do the homework um when it's all out there for you to learn like you just have to look for it like, you, you kind of have like, to be a, like a detective, right? It's like yeah. you have to piece together the clues, you know? Yeah. Like, I hate teaching myself, but if you have the passion for it, I believe that you will want to seek out the information yourself if nobody's going to give it to you. So, like, what I didn't learn from my uncles and uh, from my friends, I just looked it up like the internet is your friend it's your best friend when it comes to learning stuff yeah i think um i think it's really important to know that um you know when i was starting photography in 2002 um aside from my professors in college um i didn't really i didn't really have access to mentors you know i didn't um you know i, I would sometimes reach out to certain photographers and maybe not get a response and i've always been the type where i was like well you know what fuck it like I'll just I'll just find out myself, you know. And you know, most of my my growth as a photographer came from me spending time by myself a year after I graduated just learning how to use a camera, teaching myself lighting, how to read light, 
um, learning the vocabulary, those things became something that I learned on my own. And that's why I know it's like, <clears throat> like the back of my hand. Because when I got down to it, it was very important for me to be very technical as, as well as creative. Um, and sometimes, you know, now with the internet now, sometimes I do feel like there's so much information out there that sometimes people once again feel overwhelmed and then they don't do anything. So I think it's important to keep in mind that even though resources are out there, don't 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 dwell too much in, in what's out there. Like learn a technique and then go out and practice it. Because if you just watch video yeah. after video after video, you yeah. might just go, oh my God, like I'm never going to learn any of this crap. This is too much, yeah. you know? Yeah, you so, have to apply it. Absolutely. Somebody right here said, uh, uh, McGuffin Photo says, photography um, sills is all about seat time um skills yeah. yep absolutely it is about learning something and you got to put it into motion otherwise it's a concept that you will know but um but you never practiced and that's that's a really key component of um pushing the envelope in that department so yeah definitely i think like i mean you could tell somebody how to make a pizza but unless like they actually make a pizza they're not going to know how to make a pizza you know and it's like with photography like the greatest learning experience is failing like okay like when i was learning how to teach myself how to do lighting like i have so many times where i failed like i would go out take photos of my black car trying to stroke a black car which is if you know is pretty much impossible it is tough um uh and like you just, you learn, you learn through failure. Like, okay, like I did it this way. It didn't work. Okay. I'm going to go out this way or like I'll research why it didn't work. And then I'll go out and try to apply that. And like through that, like you slowly learn like what works, what doesn't work. Absolutely. I think, um, um, it's just an, you know, I always tell people that photography is just an exercise in, in experience, you know, and I think the more work that you put into it, and it doesn't matter. Like sometimes you hear photographers, oh, I've been shooting 20 years, shooting 30 years. I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit how long you've been shooting. Like, you know, you could be shooting five years, um, and be very skilled as a person who's been shooting 20 years, you know, and sometimes you see people who've been shooting 20 years and, you know, it's like they stopped shooting, it's almost like they stopped learning after 1985 and they're like, they still shoot like it's 1985. And now that it's kind of cool again, they're almost like, I've always been doing it. I'm like, bro, it's just because you stopped learning, man. Like, it's not like your skills have gotten any better. But, yeah. you know, once again, it's it's one of those things. It is You can be, you can learn all that you know about photography up to this day. But in two years, if you're not keeping up with uh, new skill sets or trends or whatever the case, then you might see your work start to be a little bit more aged and, and yeah. um, you know, it might look a little older and, you know, it's, it's subjective. It, that's not a good or a bad thing, but just know that um, it's one of those things that you need to continually put effort into. And that's why it's an yeah. art form, you know, it's, yep. and, you know, like anything else, like art, art is what pushes the culture. And I think that's what's really amazing about uh, photography in today's world. So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely like art or photography. I mean, art and photography, are always changing, um, always evolving. So, I, like, one of the best things for me is, like, just to always remain a student. Like, 
don't get complacent. Always try to be like researching, like how can I sharpen my skills? How can I stay like relevant? Like what is, what are people like, look at what other artists are doing. Like not just within photography, like just look, look around, like inspiration is everywhere. Like just in life, in art, in just like your relationships, like you can find inspiration in anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, this is very much true. Um, off the draw said, "Do you guys intend to shoot videos? Seems like a natural progression nowadays after photography." Um, I can. I mean, mm. I'll start. Maybe um, you would think that it is a natural progression, but it. It, they are different art forms and they do require different mindsets um sometimes for me there was a time where i was trying to do photo shoot uh like a photo shoot and do a video shoot in the same shoot and i do find that i fail uh, i'll fail at both because sometimes when you're doing video you have to switch off and you have to switch on another thinking unless you do all the same composition it's very much like a photography uh photo but if you're trying to do the action motions and all the stuff that comes with you know proper cinematography to me it, it just if i don't come correct then i feel like i just come with nothing to the table so um it is a natural progression in 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 a certain level in a certain light but at the same time because the the art forms are so different and yet so the same that um for some it may become a natural thing and for others it may just become you know, just another form that you have to learn and master. Um, and for me, I don't think it's, uh, for me, it's not a natural um, progression because I do feel like video for me does require a different mindset that I'm not, I've been doing photography for so long that, and I've been doing video for so little that when I think of video, I have to really think about what I want to do versus it being a lot more natural in photography. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I... I feel like I would rather do focus on one thing and do it really well and mediocre at both, you know, like I, I feel like I'm so far invested into photography already that I would rather continue to sharpen my skills and be really good at photography than have that part of my career or my have my photography suffer at then uh, while I'm learning how to do videography when there's, I, I have so many friends already that do video work that amazing that I would rather send them the work. I'd rather see my friends get the work than me get that work. You know, like I don't want to, you know, just like, because I can do photography, like, yeah, I can kind of do video, but, I'd rather have it go to a buddy who could do it way, way better than me and make that money and then be selfish, you know? Yeah. And it's so funny because when you see somebody do crazy video work, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, because video is crazy. Yeah. Video is extensive. I mean, just to understand, yeah. you know, the processes of motion and, you know, just everything. It, it is it is such a different form. I mean, it's funny because you use a lot of the same equipment, but... Don't get it twisted, guys, man. It is it is not the same thing, for sure. Yeah, they're two different beasts. Two yeah. different beasts. Uh, okay, let's go one more question. Um, let's see. How far would you say someone can go with an iPhone in terms of digital photography? You want to start with that? Uh, I, 
I mean, <laughs> that's a tough question because, like, if you just want to, like, take photos for fun and uh, kind of be, like, a, like, an Instagram photographer, yeah, you can do it. You can do it with a with a regular camera, like a like a phone camera. But if you're trying to make it into like a commercial aspect, uh, you're you're not gonna make it. You're gonna need like a real a real camera. Yeah, uh, I agree. There's there's just just not enough controls on the uh, iPhone. But not only that, what people don't realize is, um, if, if you've been shooting with real cameras and real lenses, um, if you ever take an iPhone image. I don't even care what a Galaxy or an iPhone. If you actually zoom up at a hundred percent in Photoshop, you can tell. You can absolutely tell that the iPhone or any iPhone or any smartphone, in that matter, uh, it does not render details at all. It is extremely muddy. Um, on, when when your screen is you know so big, it looks like a great picture because it's over sharpened and all those things. But if you, I mean, you got to think about this. If you think about If you think about like this is a 35 millimeter lens, <clears throat> look how big this is compared and also inside the sensor. I mean, you're talking about a pretty significant size and then you take an iPhone, which, you know, the sensor, I mean, I don't even know how big the sensor would even be on an iPhone. It's probably like the, the size of a, like a Q-tip. I mean, it's, it's so tiny, you can't render just fine details. And I don't care if it's 12 megapixels or 40 megapixels. It's just, it's just, it doesn't equate to the same thing. And so yep. it doesn't matter. You can get those little, little lenses for your iPhone. It's just not the same thing, bro. And sure, if you want to be an Instagram photographer and you want to have things just to, just to post up, that's fine. But you're never, ever going to get real work with, um, with an iPhone. I mean, at least I don't think so. That's just, that's just me. Nah. But I'm old. Yeah, what do I know? I, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, we're both old. We're both old. Yeah, don't ask us. We're already over the hill. So. <laughs> do do you do you do you? Um, yeah. All right. Do you have any uh, parting words for any of our young uh, listeners? Any advice I mean, for somebody who's maybe just uh, finished college this year and wants to get into the creative field? Uh. I mean, as far as like photography goes, just I was, just about yeah, photography or life. I mean, I'll go into both. I'll go into design and and photography. Sure. Um, so photography, I say, have fun. Practice, practice is like the most important thing when it comes to photography. I I believe like it's like uh. Like um, Robert Robert uh, McGaffin, he said it. Uh, he said it's all seat time. So the more seat time you have, the better you're gonna get. Um, and yeah, just have have fun is the also another important part of it because if you do it solely for money, you're gonna learn real quick that you're gonna hate it. <laughs> You're gonna hate doing photography just for money. Um, and as far as design work goes, um, I say just 
I mean, just be true to yourself. Um, make sure you don't compromise your creativity. Make sure you look out for yourself. Um, when you're in an environment that seems like family, still be cautious um, because at the end of the day, they're not family and they don't look out for your best interest because you you have to look out for your own best interest. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of jaded, <laughs> uh, jaded, jaded opinion. But you know what? That's 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 a part of the journey. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not it's not a fairy tale. You don't uh, finish college and then get a dream job and. Everything is so great. I, I loved being a photographer and a designer for forty years. All my dreams came true, and life's so wonderful. You know, it's there's yeah. a lot of gut shots. There's a lot of wake up calls. There's a lot of burnouts. Um, and uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's um, that's that's almost like an analogy to life. You know, you gotta um, you know, you gotta stay true to who you are. At the same time, you have responsibilities, and you gotta figure out how to make it all work. And at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, when you're in this, you know, there there are people who have different circumstances. Some people have money, and you know, they're able to do whatever the hell they want. And some people have to shoot things that they don't want to survive. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people have best of both worlds. Like you know, you're right now, you're in a good place. You know, you have a day job, and then you also get to shoot fun projects and. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it takes some amount of time. I mean, look at you, you know, you finished some time ago, but it, it's taken you quite a bit of time to get to where you're at now. And I think that's what the beauty in, in, in the journey. And so, um, you know, V I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see, um, the stuff that you do in the future. Um, so happy to see the stuff that you're doing today, um, your progression and, um, your, your humility and uh, your skill set is just um, it's just great and so wonderful and um, I'm so happy to be your friend and uh, to have seen your journey in at least the last three four or five years so um, keep pushing and um, and thank you for being here today yeah man thanks for having me uh, I mean the same can be said about you like I I respect you as a friend and as a colleague as an artist, as a photographer, like seeing, it's been a pleasure to see you grow as well. And I look forward to seeing what you do with your photography, with cool collective, with life, like everything. Like, Absolutely. I, I wish nothing but best for, for you and everybody else who's fighting the same fight that we are. Absolutely. Amen. And then hopefully, you know, sometimes, um, you know, two worlds collide. So maybe you and I will end up doing something together. So, yeah right on sure. thank you guys for um, on, hanging in there for the last hour and 40 minutes i hope you guys enjoyed it and learned something um new and uh if, if you guys want to hear the replay on this podcast or on this live it will be on my podcast sometime later this week um but for now that's it and um enjoy the rest of you guys' week take care yeah thanks everybody good night peace thank you guys for hanging out with us today i really hope you learned something about the creative industry. It's definitely not easy, but if you have perseverance and an ability to want to succeed, you can make anything happen. As you guys can see in V's case, it took a lot of strength to get in and out of various forms of media, 
but he's in a happy place right now and hope that he continues to make amazing work and i hope you guys that are listening now can find your path and your journey to creating things and finding fulfillment and sustainment in your industry and i want to apologize because i know it's been a minute since i've uploaded my last podcast but like anything else life is complicated so i'll try to do these as often as i can but i appreciate you guys for hanging out take care